0: he has risen from the dead that's where my hope comes from that's why I do what I do is because I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead now the message that I want to share with you this morning though may not sound like the typical Easter message you know typically on Easter when we come together we hear a message or we see a production about the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ But we need to understand that Jesus was resurrection in life long before He resurrected from the dead Because you see resurrection is not just something Jesus did resurrection is who Jesus is He is resurrection and he is life there's a story the book of John about a friend by the name a friend of Jesus by the name of Lazarus and Jesus had gotten word about Lazarus that Lazarus was sick but before Jesus could get to where Lazarus was he had died and when Jesus finally got to where Lazarus and his sisters were one of Lazarus's sisters was pretty ticked off at Jesus and she met him at the entrance to the city and she said Jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died and Jesus looked at her and he said honey your brother will live again and she said oh I know he'll live again at the the resurrection of the dead and this was the response that Jesus gave to her Jesus looked at her and said honey I am right now resurrection and life so we didn't have to wait until the resurrection of Jesus from the grave to experience resurrection life and because of that the New Testament is chock full of real-life stories real-life resurrection stories and I want to share with you this morning one of my favorite resurrection stories in the Bible it takes place In John chapter 4 and when we come to John chapter 4 we see that Jesus is in Judea which is his base of ministry in the south and he begins to feel an urgency that it's time for him to leave Judea and go to Samaria and so the Bible tells us that he left Judea to return to Samaria or left Judea to go to Galilee And it said that he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now now hang on here just a minute because any time the Bible tells me that the boss of the universe had to be somewhere, that gets my attention. And and, and the Bible says that as Jesus is going from Judea in the south to Galilee in the north that he had to go through Samaria. Now listen to me, he really didn't geographically have to go through Samaria there there was at least one other route that Jesus could have taken from Judea to Galilee and that's the route that most Jews would have taken and the reason why is because Jews hated Samaritans and Samaritans hated Jews you know kinda like Auburn and Alabama fans and these Jews and Samaritans, they would do everything they possibly could to try and avoid one another and so they would literally take the longest route from Judea to Galilee to avoid having to go through Samaria and have contact with those unclean Samaritans but Jesus you see, Jesus was always going out of his way to minister to people that others would go out of their way to avoid and so no geographically he didn't have to go through Samaria but providentially he did and the reason why is because Jesus had a divine appointment in Samaria and we're going to find out here in just a moment who that special person was that Jesus had a divine appointment with so the story continues it said that eventually Jesus came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph and then notice what it tells us it tells us that Jacob's well Jacob's well was there let me talk to you if I can this morning just a little bit about this well why would so many people come to this well well one of the reasons why so many people would come to this well is because it was a loyal well you you could have called Jacob's well old faithful because you would have known that every time you went to Jacob's well you're gonna find some water it was always producing some water but but not only that Jacob's well was more than just a loyal well It it, it became a kind of a place where people would come, especially women, where women would come to socialize with one another. They would come from different communities and they would talk about, you know, what's been going on in their lives, what's been going on in their families, you know, what's been going on in their marriages. They would talk about those kinds of things around the well. I guess you could say that Jacob's well was kind of like the water fountain at work. You know where people congregate after the weekend and they talk about what a weekend they had or if there's some kind of a scandalous thing going on in the office. They talk about those people who are caught up in that scandal. And so that's what these women would eventually do. It would really turn into a gossip session. And and they would start gossiping about scandalous people in their communities. But but the Bible tells us that eventually Jesus on his journey from Judea to Galilee that eventually Jesus came to this village of Sychar near this parcel of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph and and that Jacob's well was there and and then it tells us this it says that Jesus And you got to get this he's been traveling now for two days It's hot. I'm sure this journey's taken a lot out of him. And the scripture says that Jesus, tired from that long walk, he comes in and he sat wearily beside the well about noontime sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Now I'm gonna come back in just a moment and I'm gonna to talk to you about the significance of noontime and why Jesus was there at noontime. But, but, but it said that he was tired from the long walk and he sat wearily. Now it's important that we understand that because sometimes we have a hard time really connecting, really identifying with Jesus because hey, he's God, he's, he's divine. And he was fully God when he was here on this earth, but he was also fully man. He was fully human. And we see evidence of that in this scripture because it says Jesus got tired. Jesus got weary. Now, now that helps me this morning because it lets me know that when I'm lonely, Jesus understands my loneliness because he was lonely. That when I'm tempted, Jesus understands those temptations because he was tempted. When I'm tired and when I'm weary, Jesus can understand my tiredness and my weariness because he got tired, he got weary. And he comes to this well at noontime. And now, all of a sudden, we are introduced to this person that he has a divine appointment with because the Bible tells us that soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water a Samaritan woman. Now here's the first thing that I want you to notice about this Samaritan woman and that is she comes to a well. And when she comes to that well she's just coming to to, to get water to take back home But, but notice The time that she came, at the same time Jesus came, she came at noontime. That would have been the hottest time of the day. These other ladies we saw at the well, they would come early in the morning or they would come late in the evening because that was the coolest time of the day. But she came at noontime, the hottest time of the day. Why do you think she chose that time? She chose that time because she's trying to avoid the ridicule. She knows that if she would have come early in the morning or late in the evening, she would have been the subject of their conversation because of her scandalous life. And so she comes at noontime hoping to avoid running into anybody else, but surprise, she meets Jesus. Some of you think you're just here by accident today or some of you think that you're just here today because it's Easter Sunday, you know, and everybody goes to church on Easter Sunday. But you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus said, I must go through Summerton, Alabama today. You are here today by divine providence because you have a divine appointment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And so this Samaritan woman comes to draw water and then suddenly Jesus speaks to her and he says to her, Hey, please give me a drink. Now when Jesus says this, she's blown away. She's shocked. She, she's startled by this and we find out why in the next passage because she says to Jesus. She said Jesus. I'm a Jew or, or you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman now you remember what I said about Jews and Samaritans. They hate each other They would they would do everything they could to avoid one another and she said, why are you asking me for a, water, a drink of water? You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Now, I know when we think about Samaritans, most of us, we think about the parable that Jesus told about the good Samaritan. But to a Jew, that was an oxymoron. There wasn't any such thing as a good Samaritan. I mean, that would be like saying a good Justin Bieber song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I then got all these little girls mad at me this morning (laughs) it's like the two just don't go together she looked at Jesus and she said why are you asking me for a drink of water I'm a Samaritan and not only that I'm a woman see Jewish men in their culture it was their custom that you didn't talk to a single woman whether she was married or whether she was single. If she was by herself, you, you didn't talk to her. Matter of fact, Jewish rabbis, if they were to pass a woman on the street and she didn't have her husband with her, they wouldn't even look her in the eyes or speak to her. And she said, I don't get this. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And, and, and listen, we're going to find out here in a minute that Jesus doesn't have a bucket. Jesus doesn't have a cup. And so he's expecting her to take her cup and give him a drink of water. Well, the problem with that is she's an unclean Samaritan. That means anything that she touches is unclean. So Jesus is saying, take your unclean cup and give me a drink. So she's blown away by all of this. She's shocked. But Jesus says this to her. Jesus said, if you only knew The gift that God has for you. You know what gift he's talking about? He's talking about the gift of eternal life. And he said, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who I am, not only does God have a gift of eternal life that he wants to give to you, but you need to understand, lady, I am life. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, she doesn't know that yet. So let's not be too hard on her. She doesn't know. She thinks she's just talking to a Jewish man. And Jesus said, hey, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who I am, he said, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Her her response is classic. You see, Jesus is trying to talk to her in spiritual terms, but she's just not getting it. Why? Because her spirit's dead. It's dead. It's dead because of sin in her life. And Jesus is trying to speak to her in spiritual terms, but she doesn't get it. She keeps hearing literal things. Everything is literal to her. And she said to him, But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this is a very deep well, and it was. Even to this day, Jacob's well is a functioning well. It's 75 feet deep, even today, after all the debris that's fallen into it over the years. And she said, This well is deep. Where would you get this living water? Listen two things you never say to Jesus And one of those things is you don't have Because the Bible tells us that he owns it all He owns all everything in heaven and on earth So you don't you don't ever say that they said that to him on a hillside one time when 5,000 men not counting the women and children were hungry and he looked at the disciples and said we need to give these people something to eat and they said we don't have anything But Jesus is able to take just a little lunch that a boy brought to that hillside. And he's able to feed 5,000 men, not including the women and the children. And give them a doggy bag to take home with them. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. Amen. So you don't ever say you don't have. And then another thing you don't ever ask Jesus is where would you get? I mean, we're talking about the creator of heavens and earth here. Job tells us that he created created everything that is out of nothing. So if he doesn't have what he needs, he just creates it. And she said, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this is a very deep well. Where, where, Where do you plan on getting this water? Now listen, I think she's describing more than the well. I think she's describing her own life. She said, Jesus, or she's thinking to this man, listen, buddy. The issues in my life go deep. And if you're gonna go as deep as my issues go, you're gonna to have to dig pretty far. And you know what? Jesus is gonna do just that. He's gonna dig and he's gonna dig and he's gonna dig until he gets to the root issue of this woman's life. She said, where would you get this living water? And Jesus replied and said, you know what? People soon become thirsty again after drinking this water, but the water that I give them takes away their thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. In other words, Jesus is saying to this woman, and again, he's trying to speak in spiritual terms, but she's just not getting it. But but he looks at her and he says, "Honey, you keep coming to this well, and all this well can do is give you a temporary fix." And isn't that just like us? We keep going to wells that can only be a temporary fix. He said, "You keep coming to this well, looking for a temporary fix," but he said. I want to do something in you that's going to be an eternal fix. I want to do something—the the only thing that can be done that will completely fulfill and satisfy the longing of your soul, honey. But 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 she still doesn't get it because. No, notice what happens she comes to this well. She 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 meets a well, but but then here's what she says to Jesus She said to Jesus, please sir. Give, give me some of that water So that I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to keep coming to this well she, she she just thinks Jesus is offering her some kind of magic water That if I drink this magic water then I'm not gonna have to make this long trip at noontime every day because there's something about this magic water that keeps me from getting thirsty again. How convenient that would be. And did you know that's the reason why a lot of people consider coming to Jesus is because they just want a Jesus who's going to make their life convenient. They just want a Jesus who's going to make their life comfortable. And she said, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming to this well. And Jesus is like, enough of this. Enough of this. We've We've got to go for the the real issue that this woman is dealing with in her life. And this is where it gets really sticky. This is where it gets really personal. Because Jesus looks back at this woman and he says to her, Hey, go get your husband. Uh-oh. Go, go get your husband. And she looks at Jesus and she says, But I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, Yeah, you're right about that. You don't have a husband. You've had five Husbands and the man that you're living with right now is not your husband now Now let me tell you what Jesus is doing right here. Jesus is Helping this woman to recognize What this vessel this bucket that she brings to the well what that bucket represents what it is that she has been looking to to try to find fulfillment and satisfaction in her life and for her her bucket has been relationships She's been trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction She's been trying to satisfy the desire of the longing of her soul through relationships One man after the other after the other And she's now in her sixth relationship with a man And she's still thirsty She's still empty She's still unfulfilled She is still dissatisfied And listen, we can't give her a hard time Because we all have our buckets, don't we? somebody bring me my buckets over here do we have a couple of guys that can bring me my buckets over here we all have our buckets and Jesus says to this woman your bucket is relationships your bucket is men but but, but what about us what what about what about some of our buckets oh I know I know what 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 some of you are saying you're saying well I just need a new bucket that's all I need I, I just need a new bucket just give me a new wife give give me a, a new husband well give, give me a new house get give me a new car I just need a new job I just need to move to a new location I, I just need a new bucket and so we get our our new bucket We get our new spouse we get our new job we get our new car we get our new location and guess what we're still empty we're still unfulfilled we're still dissatisfied oh but but other people say well i know what i need to do i just need to pretty up my bucket so we tan it we tuck it we tighten it we enhance it and, and for a little while you know, there's, there's a little satisfaction, you know, a little fulfillment that comes from that. But eventually, we find ourselves needing more. needing more. Some, somebody else say, no, I'll tell you what I need. I just need some chicken. <laughs> That's all I need. Just need me some chicken. Because I, I can eat my way to fulfillment. I can eat my way. Satisfaction here's how I can here here's how I can just quench the desire the longing of my soul I just I just need another another bucket a chicken and and then somebody else would say no 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 what I need I just need another drink This represents the pleasure bucket. I just need another drink. I just need another sexual experience I, I just need—I just need another party. That—that's that, what I need to fulfill and satisfy. And you get all of those things, and you're still empty. You're still unfulfilled. You're still dissatisfied. Oh, but I know what some of you're thinking. Some of you're thinking, I just need a bigger bucket. I need a bigger bucket. I need a bigger house. I need a bigger car. I need a bigger paycheck because I like big buckets, and I cannot lie. And. I'm going to be in trouble after today. I, I know I am. <laughs> and so we get the bigger bucket. And we're still empty. We're still dissatisfied. No, no what I need is I need to downsize my bucket. I need, I need a smaller house. I need a smaller car. I need, I need fewer responsibilities. And, and, and then others say, no, no, what I need... Is I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna work hard. I'm gonna clean up my life The bucket of religion Says I'm gonna start going to church more and I'm gonna read my Bible more not that those things are not important, but those things in and of themselves can never fulfill you Those things in and of themselves. I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna start doing good deeds I'm gonna start serving other people. I'm I'm, I'm going to start giving and it's the bucket of religion and this woman when she comes to Jesus Jesus said your bucket represents relationships and he says to her just as he would say to us this morning When are we going to understand? When are we going to stop this pursuit? We've tried all of these buckets and they haven't worked We've tried all of these buckets and we're still empty. We're still Dissatisfied and what Jesus is saying is the whole problem is it's not about the bucket the problem is we're coming to the wrong Wells we're coming to the wrong well trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in our lives Jeremiah said it like this in Jeremiah 2 13. He said for my people have committed two evils They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and hewn themselves cisterns broken cisterns or buckets that can hold no water you see that's why we're empty That's why we're unfulfilled. That's why we're dissatisfied. We have forsaken the Lord We have forsaken God and we're trying to dig our own wells. We're trying to bring our our own buckets no wonder we're still empty now just about right now in this conversation between Jesus and this woman things get really uncomfortable because Jesus is going somewhere that this woman does not want this conversation to go and so what does she do she does what we do sometimes when we're in an uncomfortable situation what some of you are wishing that I would do right now and that is she tries to change the subject She tries to deflect. And so she she tries to get into a theological debate with Jesus. Oh, you don't want to get into a theological debate with Jesus. She said to Jesus, she said, woman, you must be a prophet. Duh. Think so? You, You must be a prophet. Well, yeah, you just told her everything that's going on in her life. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Notice she wants to get into this theological debate about where's the right place to worship. On this mountain over here in Jerusalem or on this mountain over here where the Samaritans. And Jesus gives her an explanation about all of that. But evidently it's not good enough. The answer's not good enough because the woman then looks at Jesus and she says this. She said, well, I know the Messiah will come you know Jesus sitting there probably thinking mm-hmm. he said I know that the Messiah will come the one who is called Christ and when he comes then he'll explain everything to us and Jesus is standing over there going hello it's exactly what I've been trying to tell you lady I am the messiah I am the Christ I am the anointed one what none of these buckets could do for you I and I alone can do do you do you know what I wish Jesus would have said to that woman when she looked at him and said you don't have a rope or a bucket I wish he would have looked at her and said honey you don't need a bucket when you're the well and that's who he is he is the well And that's what this woman discovered on that day, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Bible tells tells us that when we come to him and when we put our faith in his accomplished work at the cross, that though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. She came to Jesus dirty, but she left clean.
1: I see shattered, you see home I see broken, but you see beautiful. was dead Bye.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It was right about this time last year that I did the funeral of one of my very best friends that I'd pastored for 15 years in Atlanta, Georgia. Ted was my buddy. Ted and I hung out quite a bit. Not everybody got Ted. Not everybody understood Ted, but I did. And it was right before Easter last year that he passed away and I did his funeral. I don't think I've ever done a funeral before where there were so many people who didn't know Jesus. And when I say people who didn't know Jesus, I'm talking about there were people there that had never even heard the name of Jesus from other countries that were a part of this man's, or from other countries that was a part of this man's company that came in and had never even heard the name of Jesus. And the Lord gave me a message to share that funeral that day and I'll never forget it as long as I live but after that funeral a man came to me and he said preacher do you really believe what you talked about this morning I told him I said you better believe it I said it wouldn't come out of my mouth if I didn't believe it he said well I wish I could believe that said I'm dirty he said only God knows How dirty my life is He said there's no way that I could ever be worthy enough For him to do for me what you talked about here today Said when I was in Vietnam, I killed hundreds of men He said it torments me every night And I know God could never forgive me And I looked at him and I said sir There's only one difference between you and me. That is, you need to understand that Jesus has already made you clean. And the only difference between you and me is, I believe it. I received it. I accept it. And I said, that's all you've got to do because there isn't anything that you can do to make you worthy. There's not enough good deeds that you could do to make you worthy. Jesus made you worthy by his blood. You know what? There's some people in this room here today that no doubt you feel, I'm so dirty that not even God would want to have anything to do with me. Listen, he already has had something to do with you. He has already gone to the cross for you. He has already paid the price to pardon you from your sin and to clean up your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed here in this room today, if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, My life is so much like that woman, that story that you talked about today. My life is dead. My life is dirty. I feel so unworthy because of some things that I've done. I feel so unworthy because of some people that I've hurt. I I, I feel so unworthy because of some decisions and choices that I have made. I just feel so unworthy. I just... I don't think God wants to have anything to do with me, but oh, He does. He loves you. And He forgives you. And He has pardoned you. But a pardon is only good if it's accepted. So if you're here in this room today and you would say, Pastor, that's me. I feel dirty. I feel unworthy. But if God can help me, the Lord can give me meaning in my life if the Lord can help help bring about some fulfillment and satisfaction if he can if he can quench the desire of my soul today I want to I want to put my life into his hands if that's you with no one looking around but me would you just lift up your hand just say pastor I want you to pray for me today God bless you sweetheart bless you honey God bless you come on there's other people that need to be lifting those hands bless you young man bless you young man hallelujah God bless you up in the balcony. I see you. I see those hands. I see all of those hands. Yes, I see all of those hands that are going up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed and again no one looking around, I'm going to invite everybody in this room to pray a prayer with me today and I want you to pray it out loud. Even if you have already entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to Pray this prayer out loud with others. Maybe maybe today. You're praying this prayer for the first time Maybe today you're gonna pray this prayer to restore your relationship with God But I want everybody from the sincerity of your heart. I Want you to pray this prayer repeat after me Jesus. I Believe you are the son of God That you died on the cross To rescue me from sin and death and to restore me to the Father. I choose now to turn from my sins, my self centeredness, and every part of my life that does not please you. I choose you. I give myself to you. I receive, now this is important. I receive your forgiveness and ask you to take control of my life as my lord and my savior come reign in my heart fill me with your love and with your life and help me to become a person who is truly loving a person like you jesus Restore me, Jesus. Live in me. Love through me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those who have come into the kingdom this day. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, those of you that just prayed that prayer for the first time, or those of you that may have prayed that prayer to renew your relationship with God, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to seal that decision that you made in this place today. But before I do that, I just want to tell you one more thing about this woman at the well. She came to the well, she met a well, but then the story ends by telling us she became a well. She became a well because the Bible said that that woman left her water jar why she not gonna need that water jar anymore She's met the whale hallelujah And she left that water jar beside the whale and she went back to the village and what did she do? she told everyone come and meet a man Who told me everything I ever did can this be the Messiah so people came streaming from the village to see him Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman said, He told me everything I ever did. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe because we have heard him ourselves. Not just because of what you told us, but listen to the declaration they make. He is indeed the Savior of the world. Do you believe that this morning? She came to a well, she met a well, she became a well. She went and she told others about what Jesus had done in her life. Because you see, once the love of God has flowed into your life, now it can flow from your life. Once the mercy of God has flowed into your life, now the mercy of God can flow out of your life. Once the grace of God has flowed into your life, now the grace of God can flow out of your life. We are covered, covered, covered by God's grace. Amen. Hallelujah. and praise today Hallelujah. Now those of you that prayed that prayer today it's time for you to seal that decision that you've made in your heart and in your life today when Jesus died on the cross for our sins he didn't do it in a hidden corner of the world where just a few people could witness it but he died before all because God was not ashamed his love for us and if he's not ashamed to die for us then we shouldn't be ashamed to live for him and i've got some prayer partners that's going to come and they're going to be standing here at the front of this building and we've got some things that we want to put in your hands today and not only that but here's what you need to do the bible said this woman became a well. and before you leave here today you need to come down here to one of these prayer partners and all you've got to do is just tell them today i've traded in my bucket the well today i accepted jesus christ as my lord and savior you need to make that public declaration with your mouth the bible says believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth and they are here and they're going to put a bible in your hand and this bible is so important because at the front of this bible it has the first steps that you need to take as a believer we want to help you to be more than just a believer we want to help you to be a follower a disciple Of Jesus Christ to live life the way that God has instructed us to live life in his Word and so right now Those of you that prayed that prayer with no shame whatsoever because his grace has covered all of our shame I want you to get out from your seat and I want you if you would to walk down here right now And I want you to let one of these prayer partners know about this decision that you have made today. God bless you God bless you, honey Come on there were so many others so many others come on this morning come on this morning hallelujah and i just want to say to the rest of you thank you so much for joining us for celebrating the resurrection of our lord and savior jesus christ we're going to do one more song together and then after that pastor philip is going to come and he's going to close us in prayer, then Pastor Jamie and I will be out here at Guest Central. We want to meet all of you that we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. The Lord bless you. Hey, folks, Jesus is alive. And we have some people today that God called their name and they came out of their grave. Hallelujah. Let's just celebrate the work that God's done in this place.
1: Your mercy is saved, my soul.
2: share a quick story with you just to encourage you uh when i was in uh california was pastoring out there youth pastoring out there uh there was a guy in the church his name was victor rough dude looks like a dude you do not want to meet in the alley he Was part of a biker gang he was a bad mama jamma and uh god saved his soul i mean just god radically saved him but he had warrants out for his arrest and you know he was dealing with okay well if i'm i gotta go and make this right and okay and so you know they were having prayer with him and you know he's kissing wife goodbye because he's finna he's gonna go up the river for a little while so he goes there he turns himself in says hey i'm victor y'all know who i am i know y'all got warrants out for my arrest they're looking through files we ain't got no warrants out for your arrest he's like no 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 i know there's warrant out for my arrest i wouldn't be just in here just chilling, trying to get myself in prison. So they, uh, they're searching, they're calling supervisors back, going through files. Look, we'll put you in jail if you want us to, but I'm telling you, we ain't got no record that you're supposed to be here. So I wanna encourage you this morning. God's wiped your slate clean so don't let the enemy remind you of any junk because he can look through files but there won't be a record of it, amen? I want to encourage you like what Jesus said in John chapter 8 to the woman caught in the act of adultery, go and sin no more, amen? If you filled out one of those connection cards for us this morning, make sure to uh, leave those with one of the people uh, inside with, with the name tag that you found this morning thank you Jesus for being such a great and good God thank you for being a good father thank you for wiping our slates clean thank you that the enemy can remind us no more of our past because we can remind him of his future and our future a future that is painted brightly with your power with your salvation and with your grace we give you thanks this morning